Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hey, Art, it's Vern. I uh, really enjoyed your uh, your M1 chip um, uh, podcast. Uh, I was actually looking at the at the new laptops. I was thinking, oh, I you know love to buy one. You know, yes, but uh, we'll probably see some more powerful machines, you know, coming up. So I'm kind of holding on hope for that. Anyway, hope you're well. Uh, enjoy your podcast again, and uh, some good some good stuff in there. Thank you so much. Bye. Hello and welcome to This Week in Production. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and I have a follow-up on last week's episode. More Final Cut Pro right after this. Before I get to this week's topic, I want to encourage you to send me your comments and feedback. Please email thisweekinproduction at gmail.com or call me on my Google voicemail I'm not going to answer, but it's it's a voicemail box that you can leave a message. 601-564-TWIP, T-W-I-P, 601-564-8947. Like I said, I'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, good, bad, or whatever. You want to yell at me? You want to tell me I suck? Please, I welcome it. Okay, let's get back to this week's topic. I thought I would do a follow-up podcast. I have Tom Chartran on the line. Hello, Tom. Hello, everybody. I'm your guest. So two weeks ago, I had you and Stas on, and this was on the eve, really, of the Apple hardware announcement. So we didn't know what was being released, and we knew that there would be something with Final Cut, and we discussed what our thoughts were about that and the Final Cut Summit. So fast forward two weeks now, and the Final Cut Summit has begun. It's almost over, really. And we've seen the Apple announcements, the M1 hardware, and I spoke about the M1 hardware last week and where I thought things were. But we were waiting. I was waiting for the Final Cut Creative Summit. We were led to believe that there may be another sneak announcement or a peek behind the curtain for something for the pros with the new hardware or the new Final Cut. Right. We were hoping, I should say, I don't know that we were teased, but we were told there was going to be an Apple day. And in the right. past... And past has shown us, right, the past has shown us that there's, we've been lucky enough to get a little extra peek at what Apple has going on. And that's been a great relationship and I think is what brought so many people to the summit. In the past, at the at the physical in-person summit that's held in Cupertino once a year, we would get FaceTime with the product team behind Final Cut Pro. And we've seen really good things in the past. We've seen new hardware Mm-hmm. We've talked to hardware developers. We've talked to the software writers. We've talked to the product managers. We've seen sometimes things that are not yet released. Sometimes we're seeing things right. that, you know, they're not allowed to really talk about outside of their inner circle. So this year, being that it was, the event was virtual, we were expecting something with the team. 
And unfortunately, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, unfortunately, what we got with the team yeah. was a little more than a glorified demo. Pretty much. And some of it was fairly repetitive to some of the presenters that were there. So it was cool to get the Apple presentation of it all, the excitement and things that are sanctioned through them. But it really was just a, a couple of glorified demos that were really getting at what we've all learned and that this M1 silicon processor is speed, speed, speed. And that's what's so exciting, you know, and you're, you're dipping into it. So let's let's get into the Apple hardware announcement first. What were your impressions right. of what Apple released? You know, hearing about it, obviously, you know, it has the same trajectory as when they went from PowerPC to the Intel-based Macs. And you're like, holy cow, this is going to be a huge sea change. And what's going to break? What's not going to work? And it seems like they learned from their first time around. And it was really just, okay, is it going to go as fast? And is it going to be as, uh, you know, uh, speedy as they say? And it seems like from all the talk and all the YouTubing and all the looking that we've done that this, it really is a, a killer change. So the, the hardware that they announced, the Air, the MacBook Air, 13-inch MacBook Air, the 13-inch MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini, anything mm -hmm. that uh, interests you, anything that was surprising to you about the machines that they released? Uh, I, what really does interest me is that is the Mac mini. I have, I've got one that I'm, I've got working remotely on an ongoing project in the, in the town where I live, but seeing where things are going with live streaming video and not wanting to walk around and deliver my I, iMac pro to do things, the iMac mini or the, the Mac mini looks like a really cool solution that should be able to do a whole lot. I can't wait to see how people that are buying it, uh, how it tests out, how it, <laughs> how those benchmarks hit. So, you know, cause I've tweeted it out on my, my personal yep. Twitter handle at Art Aldridge. I, I did decide based on some things that I've been watching on YouTube from people who've got mm -hmm. early versions of the hardware, the M1 hardware, most of them have been the MacBook Air or the MacBook Pro. Right. I haven't really seen too many people doing the Mini, but they're all basically the same level of speed. Yeah. It's just the form factor difference. But I decided to buy one. I decided to buy the Mac Mini with the 16 gigabytes of RAM and the, you know, I don't know, the base level of storage. And uh -huh. I'm going to try it. I'm going to run it on one of my XDR displays, 6K. And I'll run it against my Mac Pro on the other XDR 6K display. So I will basically have them side by side. I'm going to run a real world workflow scenario in that I'm going to ingest footage to the same drive. I'm going to basically use my, my small tree uh, 10 gigabit shared storage box. They'll both be connected to okay. that. I, I actually, well, I, I hope to use that. The, the Mac Mini, <laughs> as I mentioned last week, they lost the 10 gigabit option when they went to the Apple Silicon. So no longer can you option the Mac Mini with a 10 gigabit built-in port. It's only one gigabit Ethernet now. And I, I don't Ooh, know I why. That. Not sure why that is. It probably obviously something to do with the chipset, maybe not supporting mm -hmm. that built-in anymore. 
So I took a chance. I ordered a, a Thunderbolt 3 adapter from Otherworld Computing, $150 adapter mm -hmm. that lets you get 10 gigabit Ethernet through it. Hoping Over Thunderbolt 3. Hoping there's a driver compatibility <clears throat> functionality there for the <laughs> the Mac. If not, I'll have to try something else like using a direct attached right. storage. I'll use the same type of uh, device if that doesn't work. But I, I basically plan to put that mini next to the Mac Pro. I want to ingest footage. I want to transcode to optimized. I want to transcode to proxy. And I want to edit. And I want to export. And I'm going to run that test on both machines, um, not simultaneously, but the same exact workflow. And then I want to see how fast it is. Time it out. Because I was just, I was telling you, actually, we spoke earlier this week, and I was kind of complaining because I'm, I'm doing a lot of Zoom, you know, recording and these little edits for social. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I've been doing these Zooms, and I'm a fan of the neat video uh, denoiser. Plug-in, but right. I've noticed, and I've never really noticed it before. <laughs> Maybe it's a bug, but uh, it's adding tremendous amount of processor lag on my edits because I'm putting, I'm putting the denoiser on the zoom clips, trying to clean them up, take out the fringing and the uh, you know right. chromatic aberrations. H.264 video with that denoiser, which is notoriously a processor hog. Yeah, so I did a little side by side just on the Mac Pro. The 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 edit without the denoiser was three minutes. The edit with the denoiser on was thirty minutes. So big penalty. Crazy. I'm hoping that the Mac M1 Mini will be significantly faster in rendering that out. That's my hunch. Right. My hunch is that it's going to be enough of a game changer that I'm going to want to edit on that mini and leave my Mac Pro to, you know, hold my coffee cup. That would be such a disappointment after the the financial layout for that beautiful cheese shredder there. Yes, don't <laughs> don't tell corporate. <laughs> so yeah, I but but look, this is the reality that we're living in and I do, I mean, honestly, I was really hoping that we would hear something from the Pro Apps team at this summit that would be like, listen, just to show you what we're working on, here's a little sneak peek at the Pro version of Apple Silicon, or here's what we're envisioning, or something. The next chipset. Something. Right, right. Give when us we modify something. that next chipset. Right. So we don't know. Exactly. We don't know. I will, you know, I'm going to try to get someone from Apple to come on the podcast and, and I'll ask what I can ask. They are very, you know, tight lipped and, you know, they Good probably can't answer anything. <laughs> but I have noticed that they are making themselves available for a lot of YouTubers and podcasts. So maybe I'll get blessed. Maybe I can get Doug Brooks or someone from the Final Cut team. I wrote down a couple of names yeah. from the presentation today that we saw. Perfect. So maybe I can get someone to say something. What are they going to say? They're going to say nothing. They will, know, they will not. But, I mean, you have to always read into what they don't say. So we've got a MacBook Air. We've got a 13-inch MacBook Pro. And we've got a Mac Mini. So you've got to suspect something else is going to come out on the iMac side, on the Mac Pro side, on a 16-inch MacBook Pro that's been tweaked out for something. 
I mean, they they haven't forgotten the pro market. They've updated Final Cut Pro beautifully and taken the X out of the name. So, you know, now it's 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 Final Cut Pro. That was something else that we were talking about two weeks ago. We were speculating as to whether it was going to be 10 for 12 or 10 for whatever or 10 five. We weren't sure. And then, of course, we right. saw the event and they dropped and it was 10.5. Mm-hmm. And. This led to, if you follow any of the Final Cut Pro social media people, and I'm not going to name names, Richard Taylor, but if you follow any of that (laughs) circle, you know that there was some disappointment with the 10.5 release. And I read the the spec on that last week's episode. Wasn't a huge feature set. I mean, I think honestly... Going to 10.5 was the right thing to do because it is basically a native app now on Apple Silicon. Right. And so that's worthy of a name, but a, a new point number designation. update. Absolutely. It's worthy of a point yes. update. So going from 10.4x to 10.5 made sense to me. Absolutely. Under the hood to make it compatible with Big Sur, to make it what it is, you know, was necessary. And I think some of the additions they've put in have been pretty good. I mean, who doesn't want audio crossfades or a stroke filter? Come on. Right. <laughs> I mean, were you expecting more in the update yourself? I don't think I was. Not not straight off. And I, I think knowing what was coming around with a great big change in, you know, going to Apple Silicon, that they they had to do a lot of background work to bring it up to the fore. And I think putting some of these additions in for social and some of the things that they did really do just make it easier for the everyday editor to work with. And I've got to say, it's been really solid. I've got it on my laptop with Big Sur. I've got it on my iMac Pro that's still running Catalina. And it feels quicker, more responsive, no glitches where a lot of times I would see certain plugins not work. And everybody has been really quick to update everything, uh, motion VFX, FX factory plugins. They all were, seem to be in the loop and and it really is uh, no, there's sometimes there's a handoff between performance on these updates. Not at all. I, I haven't noticed. I have not been brave enough to put it onto my main Mac pro system. I'm still running the 10 four variant. So you have updated your main production machine running Catalina, not Big Sur, but you have upgraded to 10.5 and no issues for you so far. None yet. And in fact, I had one project where I needed some footage that I was looking for from another one. And I probably updated four or five libraries because it goes through that process on the big dot changes. No hiccups whatsoever. Knock on knock on wood and sip of tequila, but it's been snappy. It, it, I have not noticed any, any problems whatsoever. No, no hangs, no missing, no, no, uh, caution tape <laughs> backgrounds or anything. And you haven't had any issues with plugins. Are you running anything special as far as plugins go? Uh, Isotope I've got a lot of motion or... VFX. I've, I am using isotope. I haven't really played with that too, too much. I don't use it often unless I've got problems that need fixing. Um, and I haven't with that yet. Uh, FX factory. Um, there were some weird issues, uh, with, a with that dot 11 and 12 update with the C2 plugins core melt. And I just think they may be a little bit behind in some of their uh, development. Okay. 
So that's good to know. That's good information. I have heard that if you update to 10.5, and I'm not sure if this is limited to to Big Sur or Catalina, but you can't run zipped versions of older Final Cuts. So that, ah, that, may, be, that, that. may be a Big Sur thing. So I would really be cautious if right. you're thinking about updating. I'm running it on a test machine only. I've got 10.5 and Big Sur. It's been smooth, no big crashes, but I'm not editing my normal work on it. So it's a little hard to evaluate, but I right. may... I may just go up to 10.5 on Catalina and see what happens. I will make an archive, a clone of my system first, just in case I have to mm -hmm. repave, as we say. Don't hang on my word, but I would feel confident with 10.5. With it's been pretty stable. With the updates that they've made, and of course, we saw the presentation, the demo that they did for the Final Cut Summit people. So they're really hyping on the new iPhone, which I I just upgraded from an 11 Pro Max to a 12 Pro Max. So I do have the ability to Same shoot to regular the, the Dolby Vision Atmos high dynamic range. I have that ability now, as do you. Mm -hmm. And so they're they're really focusing on this workflow where you can bring it in the final cut and edit you know, this HDR and spit it back out to the device and show it in high dynamic range. And it looks great. It's not anything that I'm needing right. for work. I have no one asking me for it. Um, how do you, where do you fall right. Would on you this? please shoot for me on an iPhone? I, you know, to me, it feels a little gimmicky and, you know, here and there, it dumbs it down a little bit. You know, we saw today where they're saying, get your 90 day free trial of Final Cut and shoot on your iPhone. And I would think like with the Final Cut Pro Summit, you're talking to people that are pros that they want to learn something on the other side of what I can shoot on my phone and what I can spit out for real work. So it, it I'm not sure what that's leading to. I'm not a big fan yet of this HDR thing. I, it's not really in my universe. The best thing I saw about the update is the ability to add the overlays. Mm -hmm. So you can make custom overlays and add them to the viewer. Yes. You know, if you need to, you know, keep video in a certain place or graphics in a certain place, you can add a custom overlay. Custom guides, right. Again, not something I may use all the time, but I do appreciate having the option to do it. You know, honestly, I was really jazzed about the stroke filter. And I have forever <laughs> been looking for that to be able I to- I missed that. What what is that? Well, if you've if you've ever tried to if you've ever been provided with you know a, a graphic with an alpha channel and you just want to throw a simple border around it, you throw simple border on and it it envelops the the square of the graphic. Well, with this new stroke filter, you can basically border an alpha channel. And so many people, I can imagine, like 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 me, have had a graphic they wanted to add, wanted to stroke it, and then throw a little uh, uh, shadow on. And you're always dealing with having it go around that square. And for me, as far as the work that I do, you know, short commercial work, sometimes quick turn projects, you just want to be able to do that and have a nice custom gradient on a stroke and have a nice big bold graphic. And one simple filter, now we're there. And and to me, that was, it sounds tr trite, but it's big. Okay, so that, that's a filter now that you can put on anything that's a graphic Correct. or a video or is it? 
with an alpha channel. You're right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's I missed that completely. I wasn't obviously paying attention. I might have fallen asleep during that <laughs> pre- part of the presentation. I it just it, Billy Squire went off in my head, so I was just like, "All right, cue the Billy that. Squire drop." If you're in the game, within the the word. I see this. I, I mentioned this last week. I see this moving. Final Cut, they're really talking a lot about the proxy workflow. And I like the idea of it. I like the idea of, you know, moving from a high-res project to something lightweight that might be able able to be handled on the road, on an iPad or a, you know, a laptop. So I see them. I mean, to me, it's very clear. They're moving to this cloud architecture. I mean, in theory now that Final Cut is silicon native. It should run on an iPad. Like, I don't think there's any limitation other than Apple saying no. Because I went and looked on the iOS app store. It's not there. But why not? It it runs now on an iPad because it runs on Apple Silicon. They're, They're holding it back for whatever reason, maybe part of a bigger reveal. But I see them very clearly moving to this cloud thing, and they're stressing that the proxy workflow and the relink, and that's all great. I like it. My camera shoots right. proxy, so if I ever had that need, which I don't always have, I mean, no one's really shooting now, right? No, exactly. When was the last time no. I shot like you know 300 gigs of media? Now everything's coming over Zoom <laughs> or streaming. Exactly. Months ago, I mean, I just did a shoot uh, two weeks ago, and it was a multicam shoot with a gh5 i was shooting ProRes, and that would have been real handy to be able to email my editor you know that project to be able to do it with proxy and at the time i didn't i wasn't all updated with everything and it didn't work out that way and we just handed off hard drives but i think that's where it's going and and obviously they want to sell they want to sell laptops they don't want to sell ipads as quickly but i think it is going that way and how cool would it be to be able to sit on a plane sit in a hotel room not to have to bring a big bag of everything else when you've got your cameras that you've got and all the other gear to be able to do a quick edit like that with proxies and have it come back so quickly right so i do think that's where they're going with all of this but is there one feature that you're Mm -hmm. pining for I asked you this. Uh, I asked you this two uh, weeks in ago. In Final Cut, or yeah, in Final Cut. Like, yeah. what's the one feature in Final Cut that makes your life easier at this point? You know, it's funny because I was the one who, at, with between you and Stosh, who was let back. Stosh brought up audio, and that was a big thing. There's a lot of workarounds you need to do, but for me, there really wasn't a big issue. I can get everything done the way I want to, and now that I've got the stroke filter, I, I'm I'm set. <laughs> Insert Billy Squire drop number two. I agree with you. I There's nothing that I need to do my right. work. What really makes it for me, if I can speed up my renders, and I say this a lot because mm-hmm. for me, time is money and money is time. And if I can take 30 minutes and turn it into three minutes that is worth coin to me so that's why i went all in on this you're juggling uh, multiple projects like you do yeah yeah yeah. so i'm really hoping that this mac m1 mini uh, is that beast and i'm actually secretly hoping 
that I can put together a little render cluster, a, a, com a compressor cluster using these minis if it all works out and be able to really crunch files in, in you know, better than real time, better than what I'm doing now. Right. You know, that's something that I really could use. But everything else, I'm pretty content. I'm content with where Final Cut is right now. Absolutely. I mean, in the world that we've worked in, we have grown accustomed to workarounds and having to do things and figure things out to get the job done. And Final Cut has been the least of that, I think, you know, for a long time. The switch over from Final Cut 7 to 10, yes, that was hard. But I, you know, I'm, I'm happy. All right. Tom, last word on the Final Cut Summit. You know, they've they've done it smoothly. I've seen a couple of presentations, one with Mark Spencer, um, the Apple stuff today. Uh, it seemed, I didn't see the keynote. I, I kind of would like to tune back in to see that. And, you know, it, at least the layout of it, the communication has been pretty good. I, I would like to have seen more out of the Apple presentation today and just had something a little more apropos to who we are and what we do. Are you signing up for a virtual Final Cut Summit 2? We'll see what the marketing looks like. <laughs> I'm not. I am out for virtual Summit 2. <laughs> I'm going back Ooh. to in-person if it if it does happen. That sounds good. But you've just got to watch where, the mar where, where Apple is at that point in time. That could say a whole lot. All right, Tom. Thank you for participating in this <laughs> week in production. There'll be a parting gift for you in the mail. Probably postage due. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your opinions and your thoughts. Uh, I'll raise a glass of Don Cheers Julio to, to you. Cheers to good health. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next time. And to you and yours. Thanks, Art. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601 564 TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.